We turn to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 27. We're looking at that interaction between Pontius Pilate, uh, the governor, the Roman governor, uh, with Jesus. Especially that portion where he asks in verse 11, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus replies, Thou sayest. Art thou the king of the Jews? Is that question that is put before Jesus, and Jesus does not deny it. And what we have here is we come into the climax of the cross in Matthew's Gospel. What we have is that all the foundations have been laid by, by Matthew to lead to this point of Jesus declaring that he is king, that he is the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Christ. And later on, as we read in the chapter, we, in verse 37, if we read further above Jesus' head on the cross, was written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. <coughs> this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And not only has Matthew been leading to this point, but if we read through the book of Matthew, what we see is the, 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 the prophecies of the Old Testament. All that has gone before in the Old Testament is that Matthew is using, as he's speaking really to his own people, to the Jews, to say that Christ Jesus is the Christ, that he is the king, not just of the Jews, but of all creation. If you understand Matthew, you, you, you really need to, to see all the scriptures that he's drawing from, from, from before. Uh, just, just binding together uh, to make of that complete picture, uh, showing the, the early Christians, showing the Jews that this Jesus is not just a man, but that he is God, that he is king. And if we uh, just do a, a quick brief run through of Matthew, uh, we, we, we see, especially in uh, uh, the temptation of Christ, and that final uh, temptation that we read in, in Matthew uh, chapter 4, uh, that, that being related uh, to, to, to a kingdom. And this is what we need to remember, isn't it? That if we say that Jesus is king, then surely he must have a kingdom to be king of. He must have a, a kingdom. And uh, Satan brings this up uh, when in, his, in that final temptation that we read about in, uh, in Matthew's uh, uh, chapter 4, where he, he, he takes Jesus up, remember, onto a high mountain, shows all the kingdoms of the world. And what does he say? He says, well, I'll give them to you now. You can have them, but just bow down and worship me. We've got to ask that question, well, why would Satan bring that temptation before Jesus? Well, Satan knows, and Matthew knows, that Jesus is the king. Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Jesus is the promised Messiah. And so for Matthew, what Matthew is telling us there is, is uh, and to, to, for, for, for Satan to hear also, and for, to hear Satan uh, say to Jesus, well, I'll give them to you now. I'll give them to you now. All, uh, all you have to do is just bow down and worship me. 
And that ties in with uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 2. Uh, that, that promise of, of all the nations we're going to go. We're going to flow up to, to God's holy mountain for salvation. And that the law of God would, would go from Zion out into the world. That's what they were expecting. And now Satan says, well, come up onto this mountain, Jesus. I'll give it all to you now. You, can, you don't have to, 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 to wait. I'll, I'll just give it all from the stream up to you. I'll, I'll give it all to you now. What does Jesus say? He says, no. Thou shalt worship the Lord your God only, and in him only shall you serve. There's that kingdom. Even Satan was trying to tempt Jesus to, 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 to have that, that kingdom, but not through the cross. And so from the very beginning, uh, this kingdom of which Christ is the king of is, is, is his and his alone. It's not Satan's, it's not ours, but Christ alone is king, not just of the Jews, but of all. Now that has been uh, what, what Matthew has been really setting out from the beginning as we lead up to it. Here we now have this point where Jesus does not deny when it's put to him by a pagan ruler. Not, not a Jew, a pagan ruler, a Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. Art thou the king of the Jews, he asks. And Jesus says, yes, I am the king. But Jesus had that victory over Satan in the wilderness. And we remember Jesus, what does he say when he starts his preaching tour? When he starts to come into the world? Of, 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 of the Jews and, and to, to invade into, uh, into their hearts and minds. What does he say? He preaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, my kingdom is at hand. This victory over Satan I'll give to you. Satan, remember, in that temptation says, I'll give them to you, but all you've got to do is worship me. And Jesus says, no. No. <laughs> For Jesus says, remember, worship the Lord your God, God, and him only shall you serve. And then immediately he goes out and his preachers repent for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. These first words of, of, out of Jesus' mouth, it's about that kingdom. Remember, he says it's at hand. It's not something that's going to be coming uh, eventually, but it's at hand. It's in the here and now, in their midst. He comes out of the wilderness, that trial, being tempted by Satan. And then he says, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. The rule of God is at hand. Jesus is king. Jesus is the king he will not bow down before satan he will not uh, achieve a, a kingdom in that way and we read following that in matthew that he went throughout all galilee teaching everywhere that he was invited in their synagogues proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom by healing every disease and affliction among them 
And that's uh, what Matthew is, is, is showing all the way through, leading to this point where Pontius Pilate asks, Art thou the king of the Jews? It's about a kingdom with a king. And this is, I think, where uh, modern uh, Christianity, uh, today's preaching, uh, I think, and, 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 and when we hear about the good news of the gospel, it, it, it sometimes falls short. Because we hear about, well, Christ came to die, that we may be forgiven and our sins may be cleansed and therefore we get to go to heaven when we die about reconciliation and peace with God, being able to call God our Father, he's no longer our enemy. And that is all true. But when we see it about the good news of God's kingdom, about his rule in the world, it's his kingdom because he is the king. He is Lord, he is king. And sometimes we, we, we forget that he is king of his kingdom. All the nations will stream to him up, that, up, to, up to Zion, now to Zion. Sometimes we just worry about, as individuals, we just worry about our own uh, salvation from God. And yet we read, don't we, in the, in the prophecies about the whole nation streaming up to the heavenly, up to, up, to, up to Zion and flowing from it. He brings salvation and justification and forgiveness. Yes. But this kingdom, Jesus is saying, is this, is this good news, this, that the rule of Jesus in the world is actually good news that Jesus is the ruler of the world. He is the ruler of the world of all that is seen and unseen. He is the king, and the king has his kingdom. And sometimes we forget that. That he is king, and if he is king, he has a kingdom, which he rules and reigns over. And so therefore we could say that everything in Matthew is leading up to this point where Pilate says, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he replies, yes, thou sayest. We read about um, in, uh, uh, when, when the disciples say, oh, how, how are we to pray, Jesus? Teach us to pray. And we have the, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here, when, we, when you pray that prayer, as you go through that prayer and you dissect it in your own prayer lives and, and you meditate on each portion of it at, at, at a time, and you say, Thy kingdom come. This is all about the, the good news of the kingdom of God. When he said, thy kingdom come. It's not just about heaven out there one day. It's not just about uh, a, a new earth, new heavens. Uh, one day, it's not just something that's it's, 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 it's in, the, it's in the, uh, what's to come in the distant uh, future. 
What Jesus is telling us to pray about is, 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 is the king of his kingdom. He's saying pray like this, that God's kingdom, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you think, well, how much is God's will obeyed in heaven? And we read about it in Revelation, we read about it in the, in, the, in the prophets of old, how God is obeyed in heaven, that they all bow down the knee to him. And so what we're saying is that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's about the kingdom of God with Christ as the king of his kingdom. That God's name would be, be holy throughout the, the, the entire world. His kingdom. He rules and reigns. That his name would be, be holy. That God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we ask, well, how, how big is that, that, that kingdom in, in your life? Have you made it small? Have you made it just concerning you? Or do we see Christ as the king of the nations, of, of the world? The king says, this is how you are to pray, as we read it in, 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 from, from Matthew when he, when, in, in the Lord's Prayer. You're praying about the kingdom of God. You're praying about the rule of God. And so, therefore, when Jesus comes before Pilate, and Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, yes. As I said, here we have a, a pagan ruler, this governor who's not a Jew, asking this question. And he then says, I can see nothing wrong with this just man. His wife even comes and says, have nothing to do with that man. He is innocent. But then because of the tumult, because of the possible riots, he has to deliver Jesus the king, the Messiah, the one that they were waiting for. The one that the Jews, remember, were waiting for. All the way back from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The one who has said, well, he will crush Satan's head, but his, 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 his heel will be bruised. But really, we shouldn't be surprised that this was the, 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 what, what, the, what the Jewish people wanted. We read, don't we, that uh, Jesus came and he, his message was about salvation and judgment. We know that, that, that Christ spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. The judgment that was uh, to come. Salvation, both salvation and judgment are, 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 are key uh, are teachings of Jesus. Salvation for the Jewish people. Uh, he came to his own, but his own did not understand him. So therefore the judgment would come upon them for these, these covenant-breaking people. And we see that all the way through the Old Testament coming into the New and so when, when Christ arrives, when the king arrives to rule over his kingdom, what do they do? They reject him, they despise him, they mock him, and ultimately they crucify him. And so although salvation arrived with Messiah, judgment, they would be judged. 
And that's what Pilate asks, isn't it? Well, well, what, what shall I do? What shall I do with him? And they say, crucify him. He say, well, shall I crucify your king? Pilate's going, shall I crucify your king? These words that are coming out of a, 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 a Gentile. It's amazing that, that, that God would put those words into Pilate's mouth, really to, to, to judge uh, those Jews there. And even though they then turn and say, well, we will have no king but Caesar. And then they say those words, they say in verse 25, his blood be on us and on our children. And that happened, didn't it? AD 70, Romans come in and sack Jerusalem. The temple is destroyed, not one stone left upon another. Absolute devastation of the, of the people. And here it is, just being revealed to us, unfolding right before uh, their eyes, as Matthew is now uh, uh, writing it. That Jesus is the king. He is the, 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 the one that the, the prophets pointed to from old. The sacrifice had to be given before with the, the animals, but now Jesus will be sacrificed. We remember, uh, don't we, Abraham, when God tested him and said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, and, and, and sacrifice him on an altar where I will show the exact uh, uh, spot, the specific spot that he was to go to. Uh, where uh, Abraham goes with the son that he loves, the, 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 the one who is the, the, the promise, the one who will, uh, 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 is, is a child of promise. And he lays the word on, uh, on, on, on the stone and uh, lays his son down there and binds him, ready to sacrifice him. And, uh, uh, and then we remember... Lord calls out, no. There's a ram caught in a thicket that is sacrificed. But on the exact same spot, when we come to Christ, there is no call from the Father to rescue the Son. There is no lamb, because we know that Christ Jesus is the lamb, the Passover lamb that was slain. God will provide for himself. Remember, he tells to Abraham, God will provide for himself the lamb, which is Christ Jesus, my only begotten son. And so there, 2,000 years later, probably Jesus, God's son, remember, carries the, the wood that he will be sacrificed on. Jesus, God's son, sacrificed the perfect lamb, And we see, we look back to Abraham and Isaac, and that's just a, a foreshadowing, a, 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 a rehearsal of what was to come with Jesus. And they didn't know that that was how the Messiah would uh, uh, come and, and happen. But you can see, can't you, as you're reading the, the scriptures of the Old Testament coming into the New, how everything's been planned out. <clears throat> 
we turn to uh, another point of, 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 envy, of envy, where we, we, we read of the, 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 the reason why they did this was because they were envious of, of Jesus. And we turn back to the story of Joseph, and we see there the sovereignty of God and uh, with Joseph and his brothers. And we realize, and we, we know, and we're told that the reason why they do this is because they are envious of their brother Joseph, because he's, uh, they, they hate him, they, they, they want him dead. They're envious of him. Back in Genesis 37, Joseph, the, the, the son uh, of, 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 of Jacob, the, the, he's the favored son, the one that the, the, the Jacob loves the, the, the most. And um, you know, Joseph has these dreams about how they're going to bow down before him. And they get upset about that. They, they, they hate him. They're, 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 but we read that they're envious of him. And so they, they try to put him to death. And so here you have, now have Jesus. And you could say, well, his brothers, his own, are now wanting uh, to put him to death because they're envious of him. And so they release uh, uh, Barabbas instead. It was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Out of envy that they had him uh, uh, delivered up. And so we have in the Old Testament these shadows, these foreshadowings, these echoes, these rehearsals of everything that is going to happen to Jesus. All connected. And Matthew can see this now as he's writing this down now, being inspired by God uh, to, to write down what he's writing. And understanding now, remembering uh, the tale of, of the Emmaus Road, of those uh, two that were going along, and how their, their, their eyes were opened when, when Jesus uh, revealed to them all that had gone from the prophets of old, now had been fulfilled in Christ. And remember, it says that their eyes were opened. And then Jesus spent those days before his ascension just revealing and opening up their eyes to uh, the, the prophets and saying, well, can you understand this now? Just teaching them. And we go to, to Paul, don't we, who knew the scriptures so much and yet couldn't see that Christ was the Messiah until uh, on that uh, uh, Damascus Road experience where Christ opened his eyes to say, no, I am the Lord. I am king. They're rejecting their king. They're saying, no, we will have Barabbas saved. Crucify Christ. He is not our king. And even again, we go back into the Old Testament and we go into the book of uh, uh, Samuel, First Samuel. And what do we have there? We have the, the people of God are coming into the uh, promised land and they look to the neighboring nations and they see that those nations have their own kings. And what do they say? They say, well, appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. And Samuel, remember, has that conversation with God. And God says, they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They have rejected me as their king. 
They've rejected their God as their king. They do not want me to be their king. They're asking for a human king, just a man to rule over them, just like all the other nations are ruling over them. And so therefore they have Saul as their king because they rejected God as their king to rule over them. And so we have uh, all of this, the scriptures just leading up to this point where this Roman, pagan, non-Jewish, Gentile of a man, Pontius Pilate, asks this question, Art thou the king of your people? Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus says unto him, Thou sayest. But his own, his own brothers, just like Joseph, they reject him. Just like uh, going back to First Samuel, they reject him as king. They're envious of him. <laughs> so we should turn to uh, Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, and we, we see there, don't we, just so many uh, times uh, where God's promising that he's going to give his people a, a new name. He's going to, uh, to judge the covenant breakers. He's going to give his people a new name. But he, he says, but God has given his only begotten son and he's given him into the hands of uh, his, his own people who are going to reject him and despise him and mock him. And Matthew uh, shows us this, that uh, uh, verse after verse after verse is being fulfilled of, of, of the Old Testament prophecies. And if we turn to Isaiah 53, and if we just go through that just briefly as we sort of uh, bring this to a conclusion. Who have believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Isaiah 53. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He have no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. despised, rejected by men carrying our griefs carrying our sorrows and so for the Jewish people and those who are reading this well if you're smitten by you're smitten by God therefore he's being punished as an evildoer he's the guilty one he's to be despised 
He's to be rejected. He's a sinner. Crucify him. Kill him. That's what they're saying. Save Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. He's the evil one. He's the sinful one. God has despised him and smitten him now. We go on. The prophet goes on, Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. For all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off, cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Christ will die. No deceit in his mouth. And Pilate saw that, knew that, could see that. His wife had a dream about her and said, this man is innocent. Have nothing to do with what is to happen. And then Pilate, remember, washes his hands and said, I will have nothing to do with this. He knew that Jesus was innocent. This one who was before him. He says, are thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, yes. And so therefore, he was handed over, Jesus was handed over to be crucified. Matthew takes all of the Old Testament, being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what he writes. He leads up to this point to say that Jesus is king. Fulfillment of all God's prophecies wrapped up and summed up in Jesus all those promises of salvation and redemption going to the ends of the earth and all the nations being drawn up to God's mountain to be reconciled to God. Shown right here in this moment. So Jesus is the king. Clearly, right in front of them. Pilate could see that. The centurion of the cross could see that. Surely, he said, this is the son of God. They could see it. But his own could not. And so the judgment came. And so for us, who is this Jesus to you? Is he king? Is he king of the nations? Is he king of your life, not just your saviour? 
What will you do with Christ? Have you turned to him in faith? Are you trusting in him and him alone? For forgiveness and salvation? If you haven't, repent. Turn to him. Know him as your Lord. Know him as your King. Know him as your your Saviour. If you are in Christ, then individually and then also as a church, do we uh, live knowing this to be true in our lives, in your lives? Not just your personal Saviour, not just... but, But he is King, he is Lord. King of kings, Lord of lords. Jesus is King. So, Pilate asks, are you the king? Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, yes. And so the question is, is he your king today? Let us pray. Uh, Father God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your words, your whole word, uh, contained in the Old and New Testaments. We thank you for... Uh, being able to uh, uh, read it, meditate upon it. Lord God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, enable us to know it more fully, that we would love your word, especially because we know that in it contains the truth of Christ Jesus and who he is. And Lord, this morning we know that he is king, king of the nations. He did not bow the knee down before Satan, but knew he had to go to the cross to fulfill all the prophecies of old, to lead to that point whereby his blood that was shed, (laughs) our sins could be washed clean, that he would take his rightful place to see uh, and know uh, that that God the Father would say, this is my son, with him I am well pleased. Father God, we pray that you would humble us before thee, that we would know Christ to be our king this day. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Amen. We conclude our worship this morning uh, to God's praise with Psalm 134. The whole of Psalm 134. Behold... Bless ye the Lord, all ye that his attendants are, even you that in God's temple be, and praise him nightly there. Your hands within God's holy place lift up and praise his name. From Zion Hill, the Lord thee bless, that heaven and earth did reign. The whole of Psalm 134, to God's praise. Behold, bless ye the
intonations. Uh, evening service at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Uh, services next Sabbath at the usual times of the 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. taken by the Reverend James McInnes. And the Harvest uh, Thanksgiving meeting uh, this Thursday, uh, 1st of December at 7.30 p.m. taken by Mr. Farms. And the collection taken on that occasion will be distributed to a worthy cause or causes agreed on by the Deacon's Court. If you can't be present next Thursday, an envelope marked Harvest Thanksgiving can be placed in the plate at any time, and all this is God willing. Uh, the building fund collection is due today, and there are printouts of the updated supply list covering the period from today till the end of March, and they're available for collection on the table in the vestibule. But now, benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, love God, our Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit with you all. Amen. Amen. Amen.